David Stearns for the Cross Ice Feed, joined here with the hockey doc of the Spine and Joint Institute, here for our second podcast. And as we led up to uh, this last week, we were talking post-concussion syndromes this time around as we kind of trailed off onto the uh, Sidney Crosby injury, and we'll talk more about that in detail real soon here. But what is uh, post-concussion syndromes? What are, what are they, and how do they appear? Okay. Good question, David. Post-concussion syndromes are when a player has received an, an injury to the head, uh, either by going into the boards or an elbow or a shoulder to the head. Um, and so what happens is we, we call it where you, you run your bell. Okay. So the brain is shook and within the head multiple times, and it causes a little bit of swelling and inflammation. That's where the neurological system doesn't work very well. The pupils aren't reacting very well. The patient doesn't remember where they were at how it happened, how it occurred. And so normally that's, that's, a, that's a concussion in the beginning. And then the post-concussion aspect of it is when they have residual symptoms after, after so many days uh, after the injury. So post-concussion syndrome can be anything from headaches to migraines to light affects you to sounds affects you, fatigue, the ability to um, not be able to focus, especially for our, uh, our junior players where they, we've had several cases this year where they're in school and they can't focus. And so what, what ends up happening is <clears throat> parents are, are, are looking for an answer for this. And so um, here at, at uh, Spine and Joint Institute, we, we, we think we have an answer. Um, we're doing several case studies at this time to see if, uh, if, if our protocols um, can even help uh, post-concussion syndrome. So, Doc, we're going to take a case example of an actual junior hockey player that has a concussion, and you're going to show us on the x-ray what exactly we're looking for here to uh, identify it. That's right. That's right. Um, a player came in after being boarded into the walls head first, and he had a concussion that lasted about a week. Finally, um, the parent came to me and said, you know, he's having migraines, he's having headaches. The great thing is that they did they did the CTs, the MRIs, all the other preventative things, and everything was negative. So from that point, we took um, our protocol here in our office, and as you can tell from his X-ray, is that he's losing what we call his cervical curve. Um, this patient's cervical curve here is diminished, as we can see. Um, a normal cervical curve should be any from the ranges of 35 to 40 degrees. And in this one, we can see that it's reversing. It's going the opposite way. There's less of a curve. It's buckling down in the, the C4, C5 area. <clears throat> what we know is that the spinal cord can stretch about usually about 17 degrees. Anything further than that will start to give a lot of neurological symptoms because we have to remember that the spinal cord itself um, is cylindrical. Okay, So as we put forces on the spinal cord, that spinal cord stretches out and becomes a little bit flatter. So we're going to put a lot of neurological pressure on there, causing symptoms like fatigue, headaches, migraines, um, pain down the arm, visual disturbances, hearing disturbances. Um, the Orthopedic Journal of 2007 just released a, a article saying that pro football players with this type of cervical curve that we just showed you should not return back to the field until the cervical curve is corrected. They're more vulnerable to disc injuries, um, dizziness, depression, and we're seeing that even in the, in the NHL 
where we're getting a lot of players who are getting depressed and a lot of things are going on. Um, so these, these, these are the type of things that we address here at the Spine and Joint Institute. Okay, so this is the uh, front view of the spine that we just talked about. Um, we call it the AP view, and you can see here as well it, the spinal cord, this, the spine itself. It's not straight. It is crooked, off, shifting off to the right, and it's actually starting to bow around the right side, meaning there's going to be more compression forces on the left side of joints uh, of this spine. So, you know, this is a player who was boarded. Now, the the speeds that it takes to that a junior hockey player usually skates at is around 25 to 35 miles per hour. So that's a, that's a that's a substantial amount of impact as you go into the boards. Now think about if you're, if you're a pro player, like for instance, M Malcolm was uh, from the Pittsburgh Penguins was just hurt with a severe concussion. Okay. Those players are, are hitting speeds up to 35, 40 miles an hour. Not only that, they're bigger. Some of them weigh 200 pounds, some of them weigh 250 pounds. So these guys are going into the boards with a tremendous amount of force. And to expect that you're not going to have any spinal changes like this, it's just, it's just ludicrous because <clears throat> you will have some type of change as well as some type of neurological effect, which is the post-concussion syndrome. And this is where we come in. Uh, the, these are the type of things that we work with and we're seeing um, tremendously about. And this is why we want to help the uh, the uh, hockey community around here because you don't have to live with these neurological problems. Um, again, I think I mentioned in the last past podcast that Sidney Crosby went through the same um, post-concussion syndrome and saw a chiropractor out in Atlanta, Dr. Carrick, who's uh, leading in uh, neurological research as well. And um, even Dr. Carrick found these type of things in uh, Sidney Crosby's uh, x-rays as well. All right, Doc, now what are we seeing here? This appears to be healthy compared to what we saw just a moment ago. Correct. So this is a healthy spine. This is how the side view of a neck should look like. Um, we should have a curvature up and down protecting the spinal cord, which intacts will help us with the brain stem and protect the brain as well. Um, as you can tell from the from the previous pictures, there's not a lot, there was not a lot, a lot of arthritis or degeneration occurring just yet in this spine compared to the junior spine that we were just talking about, who's actually getting boarded, playing. They're playing really hard. You know, they're they're going to take falls and slips and spills as well. But all of this will put wear and tear on their joints. So now, all right, concussions do not just isolate themselves to the head and neck area, as we were just talking about, but it also affects the back down. Right. So what does a healthy back look like, and what does a post-concussion syndrome back look like? Right. So a healthy back will look more like this picture right here, where it's straighter, the ribs are, are all in alignment, everything is working properly, lungs are going to be working healthy, there's not going to be a lot of... Uh, asthma attacks and hard times breathing, um, especially when you get back on the ice after a post-concussion. So then we go to this back over here, <clears throat> which as you can tell, is crooked, especially towards once we get up towards the top. And most of that is just from taking hits. So this is the same back from the post-concussion syndrome. Um, so here, this person is going to have a weaker um, right shoulder muscles, they're not going to work as proper because the muscles are constantly pulling in another direction, which again will affect a athlete's swing, will affect their, uh, their way they skate, will affect the way they hold their head up, um, 
And even, you know, when they're doing off-ice conditioning, these are the type of things that you cannot even work in the gym setting. So, Doc, what kind of treatments do players have to go through in order to alleviate the symptoms and eventually cure them of these symptoms for post-concussion? Good question. Uh, First thing at our office, what we do is we do a thorough neurological exam, orthopedic exam, postural exam, um, muscular exam to see if there's a weakness in certain muscle groups, um, as well as we're going to take x-rays to see... how the engine is working underneath underneath all that muscle. In other words, how is the skeleton? Is is it has it changed? Is it not changed? This will help me with uh, the course of treatment and prescribing the correct exercise for this person, so they can back on the ice much quicker and much faster. Then, what we also do in our office is we'll do the spinal manipulation. We'll do some physical therapy modalities. We'll do some. Um, core strengthening by working the smaller muscles of the spine to be able to pull the, those odd curvatures out of there, as well as some forms of, uh, of tractioning as well. All, all of this, though, is guided by their x-rays. That's pretty much our blueprint here at our office. Um, that's going to guide us. It's going to show us where to go, how to adjust, and uh, how much to adjust as well. All right, Doc. Well, uh, let's talk about preventative measures. Right now in the NHL, it was thrown out there as a stat that within the first 12 days of this abbreviated hockey season, we've already seen 12 concussions, most notably to Evgeny Malkin from the Pittsburgh Penguins. How can players prevent concussions and prevent further concussions if they've already been concussed and have recovered? Well, that's a good question. Actually, uh, first of all, I believe that the first course of treatment, obviously I'm going to be a little biased, is that each team have a a chiropractor that's – that's uh, certified in sports medicine and uh, also the biomechanics. Uh, the biomechanic organization that we do post-grad work with is uh, called Chiropractic Biophysics. Um, very, very heavily researched and uh, very well, well um, respected in the community of chiropractic. Um, but the most important thing is to um, keep doing a lot of off-ice conditioning, keep strengthening, keep uh, listening, listening to your uh, uh, athletic trainers and your um, and your trainer pretty much in, in any organization so you can get stronger, um, prevent all these post-concussion syndromes now. But the most important thing, too, is when you're on the ice, of course, I'm not a coach, but keep your heads up, right? Obviously, the most, the most important thing is keep your heads up um, as well as, uh, you know, your stretches are going to be good. You want to do some neck stretches, some lower back stretches, um, some ice, some heat, all these things will prevent any type of sports injuries, um, whether it's uh, preventing from possibly getting a concussion to sprain strains of, of the spine, pelvic region, knees, ankles, all the things that we grew up with uh, as, as athletes. So, Doc, thank you for covering post-concussion syndromes. We know that it's a big deal right now in the NHL and all levels of sports and uh, hockey as well. But next week, what is on the docket for our third podcast? I think we're going to end up talking about knee pain next week. Uh, everyone's been asking me to talk a little bit more in depth about knee pain and how it relates to the spine. And so we'll, we'll have a lot of good information for, for our viewers. Are you going to use me as a case example next week? We'll use you as a case example and how we're trying to get them back on the ice here quickly. As sooner than, so, the sooner the better. Oh, for sure. I definitely miss it out there. So stay tuned for next week's podcast here at the Cross Ice Feet and Spine and Joint Institute. This is David Stearns with Dr. Felix Yeskin. Until next time, everybody, have a good night. And as always, don't stop believing.